0: Ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, welcome back to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair with your host, Sam. And Midge isn't here because I'm giving her a break. So, would my guest like to introduce themselves?
1: Yeah, I'm Cameron. I'm here today.
0: Cameron's been on with us before when we talked about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. And now we're talking about another video game, which is not as good.
1: Not quite.
0: Not quite. You know, the dialogue isn't as great as Red Dead's, but... He's
1: got his own charm, you
0: know? We're talking about Life is Strange. Uh, I guess we might go into Before the Storm stuff, but it's mostly spoilers for the first game. We're not going to talk about the second game, because we didn't play it. But we did just finish playing the first game. So, we might as well talk about it, because Midge isn't here this week. So... What do you like about this game? <laughs>
1: okay, we're going to start with likes and dislikes, right?
0: Because mm-hmm. I've never fully played through the game before. I've watched people fully play the game, but I've never myself fully played through it.
1: I think I played fully through it like two times maybe mm-hmm. before we played it. Yeah. But uh, what I like about the game... Well, a lot of what I like is mixed in with what I don't like too.
0: Yeah, we were talking about like we were playing before the storm, right before we start recording, we were talking about its certain charms and how bad it can be.
1: Yeah. The game has an undeniable charm to it, which I guess it's a niche that I just wasn't really exposed to before the game, which is like north like Pacific Northwestern hippie culture. Yeah. And that's something that I enjoy. And that that really is kind of what carries the game It wouldn't be Life is Strange without that, or at least in the first game.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big things in the second game, which I just said I wasn't going to talk about, um, I mean, you're kind of going down the entire west coast, so you still have that vibe, but it isn't as... it You don't get the small town vibe yeah. because you're going on this road trip thing.
1: I guess it was going for a different vibe, but with the first one... Specifically, you really, even though nothing about the world or the people or the characters, rather, is realistic in any way, it still somehow feels lived in and alive, kind of.
0: Because there's a there's a lot of people, and we when we were talking about it, like there's almost everything you can interact with. Sure, Max and Chloe give particularly interesting takes on. A pile of clothing. But. I think that's what makes it feel. Kind of lived in. Is that you can interact with a lot of things.
1: Yeah. I mean the, the thing is with. The main characters. is not that they. I guess in a way. They feel alive. Like I could buy that a person like Max or Chloe. Could exist. Mm-hmm. It's just that what they say. Is so horrible to listen to.
0: Especially the first game, well... The
1: second, like, um, Before the Storm is way worse with that. Yeah. Maybe Max's internal dialogue is worse than Chloe's, but the actual scenes of people talking to each other...
0: <laughs> when we were playing, you're like, everyone has a smooth brain. Yeah,
1: like, it portrays it like Chloe is... Well, it doesn't outright say it, you know? It kind of tries to make you think the opposite, but... Practically speaking... Chloe can win every argument with the worst insults and points that I've ever heard anyone make. But everyone else is apparently a smooth brain. <laughs> or they just whack any sort of argumentative ability. So they yield to this 15-year-old who called them, like, a, a ninny or whatever <laughs> name she'll call you.
0: Like... I'm just thinking about the first time you could do the backtalk things with the bouncer.
1: It's this huge buff Samoan dude <laughs> and you make fun of his bike and he's like, those are tribal flowers.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, I like you, kid. You could come into this adult-only band. I like
1: the cutty a cringe, kid. <laughs> you entertained me.
0: I think a lot of the... Person to person dialogues were better in the first game. Yeah. Like, I can believe a discussion, but like a back and forth between Victoria and Chloe. Sorry, um, Victoria and Max compared to Chloe and Principal Wells.
1: Because in the first game, it really felt this is terrible. It just kind of shows how bad, uh, for the storms' dialogue and general writing is because the first game had terrible writing already, but Hella, yeah, not Hella is the most famous one, but basically every everything that comes out of a character's mouth, like, well, I guess Go Ape isn't, <laughs> is wasn't invented by the game, but Go Ape was something that has been used in a way I never heard it before, which is by. Warren Warren
0: when you when he's like let's go watch this Planet of the Apes marathon or when
1: Warren's like I forgot what it was I, it was someone ret- pretending to Warren when he beats up Nathan spoilers by the way they say man Warren really went alpha on him <laughs> and I'm like this is terrible but I could totally buy somebody saying that you know whereas I could never buy I could buy what Chloe says and before the storm but I could never buy the reactions people have because if a human being said half of the things Chloe says out loud it would be met with like either a stare of confusion <laughs> or laughter
0: and everyone just takes her really seriously yeah like I didn't realize how dumb that scene in the principal offices because she's just using the worst insults
1: because, like, she had some ground to stand on, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Chloe is she'll take something that could be a good point and she'll, like, she'll make it the... What, what's the way to put it? She'll make it the most nonsensical or petty childish thing ever. But people react to it as if she said something profound. <laughs> You know? That's how she but, was. It, was she
0: like that in the first game?
1: In the first game, she didn't really talk as much. Like, she, her dialogue wasn't nearly as bad in the first game, I remember.
0: Well, I guess it's also because you're not... You were playing directly as her. Which, I like her internal monologues better than I liked Max's. Because Max can be super whiny a lot. Yeah. She's like, wow.
1: Max is constantly in awe of everything around her. <laughs> Like, like she's a
0: newborn puppy.
1: Yeah. Max is like she forgets what happened the previous second <laughs> every second, so she's constantly living in a state like of she, euphoria. yeah, like, of, of awe and euphoria. Like, wow, what's this thing I'm doing? Is it <laughs> breathing? I don't know I Air feels so good.
0: <laughs> While Chloe's like, I hate my life. Yeah. Um, I just want your opinion, because what do you think of just Rachel Amber and does it ruin? Because I've, I've talked about this with some people, and I've read my on online. Even like when they announced before the storm that they weren't happy that we were going to interact with Rachel because they felt like it ruined the mystery.
1: Yeah, the, the thing about Rachel is that Rachel works away better as a plot device than a character mm-hmm. like in the first game Rachel is used basically just as a plot device you know she's not meant to sound like a real person yeah the way people describe her she's meant to seem you know larger than life
0: Mm-hmm. and then you meet her and you're like
1: you meet her and she's just another annoying hipster <laughs> you know and it kind of I wouldn't say it ruins the first game it sort of ruins the mystery behind the first game. Yeah. Or some of it.
0: Because it you're right in the way that people describe her as larger than life anytime you talk about Rachel. But when you actually play before the storm, it's like why is like everyone's like, Do you think Rachel plays D and D? It's like, why do you care? Yeah.
1: They still act like she's larger than life, but she doesn't carry herself or she doesn't seem like a person who would garner that reputation if
0: i knew rachel in real life i think she would annoy me
1: yeah she the thing about rachel is if i knew her in real life she would just be you know another person that i don't really pay attention to Mm -hmm. but i guess again everybody is such a smooth brain that the second they meet somebody who's like they have protagonist energy like wow
0: like I think she works well as a plot device because it is like this thing of remembrance like what an awful thing this happened to this bright young girl
1: yeah that's because I think Life is Strange takes a lot of inspiration from Twin Peaks right yeah a huge you know I haven't seen a lot of Twin Peaks I watched a few episodes but
0: god I haven't watched Twin Peaks in years I never finished it I liked it yeah
1: I want to I want to watch it definitely we, we
0: should watch Twin Peaks
1: yeah but uh, w- what I was saying is that the thing about Twin Peaks is they have, you know, a Rachel Amber type character, which is, you know, the girl that gets murdered that kicks off the events of the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the thing about that is that I think Twin Peaks just executes it better mm-hmm. overall because with Rachel Amber, I think it really comes down to characterization, you know? like how so. Because... The characters in Twin Peaks are just well written, whereas the characters in Life is Strange aren't.
0: I think the probably the most likable characters, the most interesting characters, in the fir- at least for the first game is Kate because she has a fairly big plot point. Yeah. Victoria, kind of, but she's just kind of annoying. She's just kind of. She's not a villain, but she's an antagonist. Like she's a rival. Mm -hmm. Nathan's pretty interesting I think Nathan's one of the more better written characters which we're actually going to go into a little bit yeah Nathan's
1: interesting I think even though you know I I don't like Nathan obviously Mm -hmm. Nathan is one of the few characters who doesn't say something horribly cringy every time he opens his mouth
0: like Nathan is written to be unstable and his dialogue shows that
1: like he's He's just generally, you know, a more realistic character. Because the thing about Life is Strange is I feel like every... You can really feel the writer's voice come through in every character. And that's not a good thing because they all sound like the same person if they were a shapeshifter. Like, here's the, the hipster who wrote Life is Strange if they were a Mexican boy. Here's the hipster who wrote Life is Strange if they were a 90-pound Canadian boy who likes Planet of the Apes. Here's the writer of Life is Strange if they were an accomplished hipster photographer. You know?
0: Jefferson, I think we want to get into him at this point.
1: I guess we can.
0: Because I'm... Our likes and dislikes kind of combine because it gets this certain charm of there are good character like the characters that hold a lot of plot relevance are written pretty well with the exception of Jefferson because his plot is really weird and doesn't make sense I'm
1: afraid to talk about Jefferson because I don't I didn't read anything so maybe they explained his motivation (laughs) but from what I can tell it doesn't make a lot of sense from at least what I saw in the game
0: so, we're just going to be, like, I don't know if they did this in, like, some article or, like, when they did, like, the limit, what was it, like, the collector's edition, they had, like, the box.
1: Oh, I was thinking about, like, the wiki page <laughs> where they just explain everything.
0: Um, so, we're not going to look at the wiki page. Well, I mean, let's just go from, like, a blind standpoint, which we are.
1: All right. So, we can maybe be wrong.
0: We can maybe be wrong, but from a blind standpoint, Jefferson's plot and scheme is really dumb
1: his plan seems all right let's go through his plan
0: his plan wait wait,
1: first we need to go like okay motivation that spurred the plan he for some reason wants to take like pictures of drugged girls (laughs) so his plan is seduce the Prescott boy with, <laughs> with like, promises of prestige and power and fatherhood or whatever he offered Nathan. And then use Prescott money to build an evil lair in a bomb shelter in a barn so you can take pictures of girls who you drugged.
0: Also use the Prescott boy to get said drugs from the local drug dealer. Use
1: him to get said drugs slash you know find girls to take pictures of but i don't know what any of that is ultimately working toward i don't know what he does with these photos apart from put them in like
0: a binder he
1: puts them in binders and puts them on a shelf
0: they can't get published
1: yeah he can't really publish them and
0: well it was implied that he was going to publish them and say that nathan did it
1: but why? Why does does he just feel like it's true art?
0: Because he wants to capture the essence of, like, purity to corruption.
1: So is he like an unethical scientist where he's like, yeah, this is evil, but it's going to be super worth it, though.
0: It's going to be super worth it when I'm in prison.
1: When they see this drugged girl I took a photo of, they're going to be like, wow, these are actually pretty ingenious photos.
0: It just... Like, I just remember when we're playing through all the parts where you're in, like, the dark room. And we're like, what's... What's the end game? You're taking all these, like, photos. Yeah. They ain't getting published.
1: Part of it feels like the writers used that excuse of, like, well, he's crazy. Nothing he does really (laughs) needs to make sense in the end.
0: Because he, like he gets really crazy when he's talking to you he's like max
1: he's not well he's
0: like he's super unhinged when you're speaking to him
1: he's sort of a weird type of unhinged where he's just a creepier version of himself when he's teaching
0: yeah and then like max goes he just wants to lecture at me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah god he's such a hipster stupid glasses.
0: But I, I swear to God, I've seen that dude in Trend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Uh, the, uh, trend is a, a cafe we go to and I've seen some millennial hipsters there and I'm sure I've seen a Mark Jefferson.
1: Wasn't there like a scene in the game where you're on a plane and you see a dude who looks exactly like me, <laughs> yeah. but he's old?
0: It was either that or like, no, it was like a cut scene, and like they're cutting to Max and like that's That's Jefferson. (laughs) I think you see a Jefferson type in the gallery, too.
1: Yeah, and we made that joke, like, in the gallery, (laughs) everybody just morphs into Jefferson. Jefferson.
0: Uh, It just... I'm very confused. And you're right, it does feel like the excuse of, he's crazy and unhinged.
1: He's the devil.
0: And, like, he... It's implied that he kills Victoria... Yeah, But why? I,
1: eh, maybe he just didn't like her. I don't know. Because he
0: was going to take pictures of her, and then he's like, well, Max, you're much better.
1: He had this weird obsession with purity, I think.
0: Yeah, because that's why he liked both Kate, because she was ultra pure. And then he liked Max because she, she's living in that awe state moment. <laughs> yeah.
1: Max is living in that newborn mindset forever. But if he's obsessed with purity, why do you like want to take pictures of Victoria? Well, I think then? after
0: that, when he had Max, he's like, she's too corrupted. When well, no. he's like, why take pictures of her when I have you right here?
1: She was already pretty like outwardly not pure to him before. But she was like, hey, Mister Jefferson, we can spend a lot of time alone if I win the <laughs> competition. <laughs>
0: Like, she was trying to solicit sexual favors.
1: And I guess that was still pure enough, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Maybe he just didn't have a lot of people to choose from. He's like, well, I can't take photos of the Warren boy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> just thinking about it. Like, it's like, so pure. So pure. Well, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't <laughs> like men because he's only taken pictures of... Yeah. Well, then why did he want to also take... Why did he take... No, he didn't take pictures of Rachel. That was... Nathan. That was Nathan. Because I was like, wait, like is Rachel's already not pure, and I'm sure Jefferson would have been able to see through her.
1: That is a weird, like, kind of, like, strange underlying misogyny thing.
0: But, wait, Jefferson also... I feel like he did make a comment about Rachel. No, that was, like, his... That was, like, weird... Creepy... Dream...
1: Time warp.
0: Jefferson where i it's hard to tell how much of what jefferson said is real and how much of it is max's fear because he also talks about necrophilia things
1: yeah are we allowed to say that on the radio
0: uh that's why i'm saying necrophilia and not like
1: <laughs> okay
0: what he actually said
1: I think it's the implications fine
0: um So I'm going to assume that's just weird Dream Max's thing and not what Jefferson's actual thought is. But I'm assuming he... I feel like he did say something when she is lucid, like in the real world. I feel like he did say something about Rachel. Besides that, like he's like, Nathan screwed it up.
1: There are implications that he and Rachel... Had something going on
0: because Rachel had apparently something going on with literally everyone, yeah, which is why I don't like Rachel as a character,
1: yeah, because I mean, she
0: seems too fake.
1: That's true, that's
0: not ha- like she, no one is beloved by everyone. That's why it works, like you said, it works as a plot device because it's like, oh she's beloved by everyone in remembrance mm-hmm. but as a real person it's super unrealistic that everyone likes her well it's implied that
1: that victoria doesn't like victoria her. victoria
0: doesn't like her and that elliot doesn't like her
1: but the th- the thing about that is that y- you made a good point where you know i think a goal of the main game was to portray rachel as you know nobody knew the real rachel you know yeah know, everybody saw one side of her, but nobody got the full picture. But then, in *Before the Storm*, you just get the full picture, and it's kind of bad
0: because it, it's almost even implied that Chloe didn't know the full Rachel because she had this secret relationship with Frank, yeah. and you know, Chloe feared that she left without her.
1: But and then it, you see Rachel in *Before the Storm*, and there's like.
0: You, you were having this in-depth relationship with her
1: yeah. Uh, about I mean, her life. But which I, I guess that they had in the first game, too. But the thing is that there was no sense that you're not seeing all of Rachel, you know?
0: Because it's implied. Because when Chloe finds out about the secret relationship with Frank, she goes, I can't believe she lied to me. We told each other everything. Yeah. So it kind of, like, negates... Or retcons, a lot of Rachel, what we know about Rachel from Chloe. Because that's why I think it's interesting, because everything you know about Rachel from the first game is tidbits from other people. Yeah. Like, but it's always like Rachel pretty.
1: It's like, you know, like I said, Rachel works way better as a plot device in a character. Because as a person.
0: She's really know, not that interesting. Plus,
1: somebody who has like a billion different. Like, a person who acts completely different around every other person they meet mm-hmm. isn't somebody who you really want to, to be, be friends allowed. with yeah
0: like for it doesn't make sense for Chloe knowing who Rachel is like so from our perspective through Chloe's eyes it doesn't feel like Rachel's someone who who is Chloe we want to be friends with because I feel like Chloe values honesty and blunt like being blunt when Rachel is kind of the opposite of that.
1: Well, Chloe was desperate, to be fair.
0: Yeah, Chloe was just looking for somebody yeah. to talk to.
1: Someone would take them to a, a drunk, a, a dunk. What is happening to me? <laughs> You're having a what word was I even trying to say? We'll take her to a <laughs> trash kingdom. You dunk. I had an aneurysm. <laughs> A a dumb kingdom.
0: (laughs) Trash kingdom.
1: Yeah. We'll take her to the old abandoned Jill's crab shack. (laughs) I'm sitting on a lawn chair. Because
0: that's why I feel like Chloe and Max's relationship works a lot better because you don't even really have the option to lie to Chloe. Yeah. Everything you tell her is the truth. Because that's just in Max's character. She's a very honest person. She's not really going to lie to you unless you're lying to David. Because David is David.
1: Plus, Chloe's just kind of... You know, Chloe's a bad friend, but they don't try to hide that, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, we we could talk about how Chloe's kind of a bad friend.
1: All right. Chloe's like a Rigby. Like, I know you don't watch regular show, but... Rigby's a bad friend, but ultimately he cares. And that's a lot of... It's pretty much Chloe... Yeah. She's a, she's punk, hipster, Rigby. Because
0: I'm just thinking about when Kate calls you and she's like, Oh, you haven't talked to me in, like, five years, but you're going to take a phone call for your friend Kate, who mm-hmm. Kate is, like, suicidal.
1: What traits would we use to describe Chloe? She's, a needy.
0: <laughs> honest.
1: I guess you can call it that. Or blunt. She's honest... I think in I mean, the sense that she'll say what she's thinking, but she's not honest well, then that, that.
0: that's that. Well, then that'd be
1: blunt. Yeah, blunt, but she'll, like, steal from handicapped people. People.
0: <laughs> because she needs to pay off her drug money debt.
1: Yeah. She'll, uh... I don't know what else I would use to define her. Just generally kind of unpleasant to be around.
0: <laughs> um... Yeah. I mean, what does she do for Max besides take? I feel like Chloe doesn't give a... Well, she gives, like, some emotional support. But then it goes back to, like, the thing with Rachel is I feel like Chloe is so attached to Max because she... It's like Rachel isn't here anymore. Because I feel like if Rachel was there... And then Max came back. Do you really think Chloe would go back to Max? I think she
1: would, you know, maybe hang out with her, but they wouldn't be anywhere near as close as they become in the game.
0: Because it feels like Chloe kind of goes back to Max because once again she's in that desperate state of she doesn't have anyone again. Yeah. Because when she was a kid, all she had was Max, and then Max leaves, and then she meets Rachel. All she has is Rachel. Now she's back to being alone. For, it's implied like a like at least like a month or so. Really? And probably like a few months. I'm gonna guess from like two to three months.
1: Because Rachel's not fully decomposed when you find her.
0: Yeah, you you still smell it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I don't know. Actually, let me let me look up the Rachel Amber missing poster, and then I could see.
1: In the meantime, you know, I guess that. Uh... Max is definitely more of a passive protagonist for most of it. A lot of the game is you just getting dragged around by Chloe to do Chloe stuff.
0: Oh, no, she's actually been missing for, like, five months. Hmm. She had been missing since April, and the game takes place in October.
1: All right. I guess that explains why there's not, like, an active investigation.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also implied that a lot of people think that she just ran off. Because yeah. that was a Rachel thing to do. I mean, even in the game, in, before the storm, she's like, let's just run away from here, Chloe.
1: But would she say that to everyone?
0: Well, there were some people... Well, if, well Jefferson goes, like, oh, like, LA would have eaten her alive.
1: Yeah. It's just creepy Jefferson talk, probably. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, I killed her, but... Or Nathan killed her, but she would have died in Hollywood anyway.
0: <laughs> but back to Chloe. I Like, she does give emotional support, but I think Max just is kind enough to tolerate her, because I sure
1: wouldn't. She's a largely selfish friend. Yeah. I mean, she cares about Max, obviously, but most of her actions are driven by her own personal vendetta
0: like cause even anything with the time powers she's like well Max will just fix it Yeah. and Max is consistently saying throughout the game she's like Chloe I don't know how long this lasts
1: I get a little aneurysm every time I I use it (laughs) when
0: I go back too far my head hurts
1: you think that's why Chloe acts more rashly in the game Because she knows that none of it is necessarily permanent. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll throw this dog bone in the street. (laughs) Yeah. I'll throw those keys on top of a building.
0: Because she relies too much on Max, because even when they find Rachel's body, she's so blinded by rage, and then she's like, well, whatever, Max, you could just fix it. And then she's like, I can't fix everything. I don't know how long this lasts.
1: Ah, can we talk about how stupid Chloe is in that whole, like, in episode 5 as a whole. Where she's like, well, I guess I have to kill Nathan. Or actually, it was Jefferson. Guess I just have to shoot him. <laughs> like, she's not... She's thinking, like, five minutes in the future.
0: Yeah. She's like, whatever. I'm gonna just go kill Nathan. It's like, lesson.
1: Like, she's angry, but... Is she... What is her plan? Again, nobody has a plan. It's just... I'm going to drug girls and take photos of them because (laughs) I'm just going to shoot Jefferson and then, I guess, go to prison forever. Well,
0: yeah, the Nathan thing was like, I'm just going to kill Nathan Prescott.
1: Yeah.
0: You're going to kill the most affluent, the son of the most affluent family in town. I don't
1: think she cared about him. You know being rich it's not even the fact that he's rich it's just that
0: no i'm saying but the, like
1: yeah but like what she this,
0: kills him uh she's going to prison yeah
1: what does killing him what is her plan it's just kill him and it ends at that Which
0: can we talk about when she when we accidentally killed both frank and his dog yeah
1: i forgot it wasn't the beans it was something no different. it was
0: when you're trying to get the list from him So you could decode his book. Yeah. Okay, that scene's also really stupid, because...
1: Frank is great. (laughs) Frank is, like, an Oblivion character, where he goes from super hostile to very friendly and helpful, depending on, like, five sentences. (laughs)
0: Like, he isn't upset that you just stole his client book.
1: Like, it goes... There's, like, two... Basically, two outcomes. One... Frank gets murdered because he tries to kill you and two, hey, you guys are pretty cool. <laughs> you should come back to my place to party.
0: Yeah, he literally invites you to party after he threatened to kill you like two seconds later, like two seconds <laughs> earlier. Like, He's like, what makes you think I'm going to give you my book? You guys are pretty cool. You think you could find Rachel? Like,
1: here, take the list of my clients. <laughs>
0: Like, why is every character... Like, NPC, besides, like, Chloe and Jefferson and Nathan? Well, really, any hostile character just super easily won over. They're
1: easily won over, or they're incredibly one-dimensional and dumb.
0: Like Stella.
1: Like Stella. Well, David was like that for a long time until, like, the very end. Yeah. A principal...
0: He gets aggressive really quickly But then it's super weird when you go to like San Francisco with him Yeah, And he's like super chill I'm like you threatened me
1: Like everybody Every antagonist who isn't a serial killer In this game is really Aggressive Until they just decide not to be (laughs) Like they They have like They're not like people They have like defined aggro Pretty much.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like in saying it's like an oblivion character, where they just get <laughs> hostile if you choose the hostile option, or you choose an option they don't like. Yeah. Cause I, what set off me killing Frank was I brought up the the bracelet, and then it just went from zero to a hundred. And where yeah. the Pompadou comes out, I shoot his. Chloe shoots the dog, and then he goes, "You kill my dog! You
1: killed my dog!" <laughs> And then, and then <laughs> Chloe, I guess, beats him in a quick-draw duel.
0: <laughs> and then in the, that scene drags for way too long. I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to go back. Cause, and then, like, they're slowly yeah. searching his body. Like, like, why
1: did Max wait that long?
0: I'm like, this scene is so long. I just want to go back. Ugh.
1: Yeah. That dog wasn't even, like, a threat. Like worst case scenario, Chloe has to get like a rabies shot. <laughs> it's not like he had a pit bull. <laughs> it
0: was like a like a labrador.
1: Yeah. It was like a medium-sized labrador
0: <laughs> coming at you. It wasn't like a Wait, pit. Wait, he, he
1: like sicked it on you, right?
0: <laughs> no, like It was like bump into a track.
1: <laughs> and it opened up <laughs> it opened up like the R V door.
0: <laughs> no, I think I don't think he's like, Pompadou attack, like he got hostile. I thought he
1: said attack. I thought he got mad at you and he was like, (laughs) Pompadou. Destroy the enemy. Even though he had a gun.
0: No, I think, because Pompadou just kind of burst through the door and went to go run at Chloe. Hmm. And then Chloe shot and he's like, you killed my dog. You killed
1: My beans.
0: (laughs) There are obviously choices that are just very silly.
1: Maybe every character is just very bipolar. Maybe. Where they'll go from murdering you over some beans to <laughs> giving you highly sensitive information.
0: Um, let's talk about one of the better written characters. I want to talk about Nathan. Alright. Uh, because we...
1: Okay, Nathan is both... Well, we both well and very poorly written.
0: So give me how he's poorly written.
1: Nathan's poorly written because he acts like, well, maybe he's not poorly written. It's just the fact that he hasn't been thrown in a mental institution is the poorly written part because he's someone who, if it seems like he's winning a fight for one second, he'll pull a gun on you. (laughs) He seems to really like to pull the gun on people. And he's clearly very unstable. So the fact that, you know, nobody is freaked out by that at all is kind of weird. Like, I don't think Nathan could realistically blend into society the way he does.
0: He just, anytime he thinks he's winning, he's like...
1: Yeah, you you could say that his dad is the reason that, you know, he doesn't face any repercussions for his actions, but...
0: Well, that's essentially it. Because let's let's play with the you know, the affluent child plot a little bit because that's what Nathan is. I'm gonna say that the only reason he isn't in like a mental institution is because, with the affluent child plot, it's like, well, I don't want that to be a stain on the family reputation. In which, his dad clearly sees him as like he's like, don't call me <laughs> during work.
1: Yeah.
0: Call me on this burner or phone.
1: That, I think that was. Jefferson, actually. Because it will make more sense than his dad using a burner phone with him. Okay,
0: that was Jefferson, but there was, like, one on his...
1: Where, like an email.
0: Like an email, and he's like, how many times did I tell you not to call me when I was at work?
1: But, like, think, all you, all you have to do is go into Nathan's room. He has, like, a weird torture photography everywhere there's like a gun manual <laughs> on his floor you go i really hope they don't do room inspections. space like a gun manual next to a bunch of empty bottles of alcohol <laughs> and it's implied that he at least has like victoria over so no one's freaked out by that no one thinks this is maybe a red flag Yeah, because there's, like, empty pill bottles. Or, like, when he fights Warren. Warren headbutts him, and he tries to draw a gun on him and murder him. Like, what is his plan? Nobody has... Everybody thinks, like, three seconds ahead. It's okay, because Max can rewind. And Warren's not freaked out by the gun. He just kicks it away. Because Warren won ape. He went ape. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what does that even mean he went ape? He went ape. It's Just like 90 pound boy beats up 95 pound boy, <laughs> considered going ape, and then Warren's like, Hey, if you need me to hulk out again, I can, I can hang out with you. Just oh, what are we even talking We're talking about Nathan. Right? We're talking,
0: I want to talk about um, how much. Blame does Nathan deserve?
1: I think Nathan deserves all the blame for Nathan's actions.
0: Mm-hmm. What about... Because we, we were talking this as we played the game. Because... A, as a, a, a misunderstood character lover, I am almost a little too willing to forgive Nathan on some of his actions. Because I do think Jefferson... The lack of... Of attention his father gives him and the lack uh, the copious amounts of attention that Jefferson does give him makes this weird power vacuum that allows Jefferson to very easily manipulate this mentally unwell boy. Well, yeah,
1: I mean there are a lot of people with mental illness whose fathers treat them poorly, but they don't then go ahead and drug women and take photos with them
0: because i mean it's blatantly stated in the game that because max says to david i think i think it's david and then she's like he acted like a father figure like
1: yeah i mean but i don't know i feel like even if someone acts like a father figure there's a huge gap between looking up to somebody and agreeing to do something that is clearly very illegal and murdery. Well, and
0: then well, then you have to think because yeah, it, that's wrong, and he does deserve the blame because the only reason he but the only reason he does it is because he thinks he could get away with it because he can.
1: Yeah, doesn't really excuse it though. I'm no. sure I'm sure a lot of serial killers no, not not, s- can get not, away with it. I'm
0: not saying that he that that's just deser- like deserving of a dismissal. I'm I'm just stating that. I think a big reason why he did accept this because I'm sure Jefferson probably promised him, like, oh, if you do this for me, I will get you big in the art world. Yeah. Um, and Nathan's like, sure, I can. Not only do I have the money and you are giving me attention, my father doesn't, um, I could also get away with this because of my status. And this is like a foolproof plan.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is. That's his motivation, but I th- I think he's fully mm-hmm. culpable for all of the things he chose to do. Because, you know, there are a lot of people with similar situations to Nathan who don't end up doing things that are, you know, atrocious to other people. Yeah, because, like,
0: it's not like he's completely disillusioned. Like, it's not like he's uh, schizophrenia or. Um, yeah borderline personality he's got
1: like one foot in reality
0: yeah cause it's I think there is a sense of disillusionment that Jefferson had created for him but I think it's not like he's not aware of his surroundings
1: he knows what he's doing is wrong is the point yeah like Nathan is clearly a bad person if all it took was somebody acting like your daddy to do stuff like that then you are already you know A bad... You're already just a bad person. Yeah. Especially since, like, even without Jefferson there, he actively, you know... he
0: He went after Rachel, which I'm sure he went after her because he was like, if I do this, I make Daddy Jefferson proud. I mean, he
1: went after Kate of his own volition. Well, did he? Yeah. Like, he's the one who drugged Kate and...
0: But was... I thought it was implied that Jefferson was like, go drug Kate.
1: Might have been that, but... Because
0: Jefferson mentions Kate when he's taking pictures of Max. So I thought it was kind of implied that he was like, go drug Kate.
1: Yeah, could have been that way. But I mean, he definitely... Well, he did actively try to drug Chloe, though. I'm sure Jefferson didn't... Jefferson wasn't aware of Chloe.
0: Yeah, no, I think...
1: So he took initiative. Yeah, his
0: two initiatives were... Cause I think he did. Did he take pictures of Chloe? I think he did.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he went after Chloe, but Cl- no, he didn't take pictures of her because oh my, no.
1: There was a photo of. Yeah, Chloe. he did take
0: pictures for. Sorry, but then Chloe became really. He didn't use enough drugs, mm-hmm. and she became aware, and yeah. so she was able to hit him with a lamp and then leave. But he did the opposite with Rachel, in which he overdosed her. And killed her. Mm -hmm.
1: And then he took a photo with her dead body, which is probably not a thing Jefferson told him to do. Yeah.
0: Well, we see, when we look at his other pictures, I feel like we did miss, because I feel like there is a album we probably could have looked at, someplace where you see more of his pictures. And they're really cool, but they're super morbid.
1: Yeah. But I mean... The thing about Nathan is that there's a. I feel like a lot of people who like this game, who see him sympathetically, Mm -hmm. kind of take accountability away from him. Yeah, which isn't a good thing to do.
0: Which, like, a lot of these people are like me, who were, or when I was like watching me play this game, was like a teenage girl who I'm like, I love. Nathan, Nathan.
1: Nathan literally treats everyone like garbage <laughs> in every scene he's in. Yeah, <laughs> except for Victoria. when he's dead, and that's probably not even really him.
0: And and Victoria.
1: Yeah, and Victoria. Because
0: Victoria's the one person who like, see, Victoria is the girls who play this game, including myself. Where she, Nathan's not a bad person. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, he, he
1: probably would have ended up drugging her too. Yeah. It's the same principle as as, you know, people who lust after serial killers.
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of implied that Victoria and Nathan have a good relationship because we do see them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trust a good relationship to save you from someone like that. Yeah. The thing is that, you know, Nathan, he's fully, all of his actions are his fault. You can blame Jefferson for giving him the idea, but ultimately he, you know, he knows what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And he just chose to do those things of his own volition. And, you know, pinning it all on his upbringing would just be dishonest because, you know, every, every person, like every serial killer has almost universally a pretty poor upbringing. Yeah. But they still go to jail. Because, <laughs> You're
0: going to prison.
1: Like, most of the time when people end up hurting others that way, it's a result of an upbringing that wasn't ideal. It's just that ultimately your start is, you know, it doesn't decide the rest of your life if you choose to end up hurting people. Because, that's, that's on you. Yeah, that's on you completely.
0: Uh, so we have about ten minutes left. Uh, we're gonna go to our final thing, which was, I what one thing I really like about this game is that a game all about choice really does give you the illusion of it. Yeah. Cause this game, which I I really love storytelling games that like you not know, like this game and Telltale games, where it's just you just make choices, because with Telltale you do have. You know, there are different endings and such. Which, I mean, they do kind of bring you to the same place overall, but... This game... Your choices... Is literally the plot of the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is that Telltale games try to hide the fact that nothing you choose matters in the end. hmm They try to make it seem like everything you chose did matter. Or they say, oh, Blank will remember that. yeah or this will have an impact later. But you end up in the same place every time. But what this game does that ever so slightly separates it is that it kind of makes the fact that all of your choices lead to the same place a point of the story. Mm-hmm. Like there are minor variations, but ultimately you're going to end up underneath that lighthouse as a giant tornado rips the town apart.
0: And it, And it comes to the fact that every choice that you've made is quite literally what leads up to it because you have this premonition of the storm and then at the end of the game you realize it's because I've made these choices Yeah, is why this happened.
1: Like constantly meddling with the timeline.
0: Made. Because th- that's what the game is about. It's about meddling with this timeline. Yeah. You know, it's constantly going back and it's not even like you could go through the game without... Like reversing time. There are some things where the game is like reverse time like when you spill the drink on Kate's book.
1: Yeah, it it forces you to do it sometimes to solve a puzzle or something like that. And
0: it's like sometimes even like menial puzzles which I like that this game, you know, you have you get like little dialogue prompts of when you're talking to a character and it didn't necessarily go well. Like when you're talking to Like your other classmates and you learn about like their mom who's in the hospital so for if you want them to like you you could go back in time and bring it up
1: yeah the reasons for reversing time range from everything from you know if i don't reverse time someone is going to die to i looked kind of awkward a second ago i should undo that
0: yeah like you can't play this game
1: Without reversing time.
0: Because it's like you don't even have the option of like, oh, well, you know, I'm my second playthrough, I'm not going to reverse time at all.
1: But I don't know. The, the thing about this game and the choice, the, the choices that it gives you. Or that, you know, with a Telltale game, you only really, you only really know that your choices didn't matter well, upon a replay
0: let's let, let, let's go to a better example of a game that your choice matters which is detroit
1: detroit yeah detroit has many bigger impacts that your choices have like the, every i think the endings can be like completely different depending on oh, what you do yeah
0: every you you have the option to kill well you know to kill off specific characters and then their storyline just doesn't continue i think
1: some characters, like, some of the main cast can just, you know, apart from Connor, I think Kara can die, like, in mm-hmm. her second or third scene. And mm-hmm. the rest of the game, she's just not there. Yeah,
0: and then the Kara's story is finished.
1: Yeah, and then oh. her impact on the story is gone, too. Well, she doesn't have much of an impact from what I can remember, but let's say with Marcus, he can die.
0: And then, uh, North.
1: Yeah, it basically, you know, similar events happen, but your autonomy to dictate what the android army does Mm -hmm. changes you know or you lose that to north
0: yeah which i feel like that that game is like the true thing of like for the most part is like real choice because no you see at the end of every episode all the branches i mean some of them is just pretty one single branch but there's some that have lots of multiple endings compared to like you said, Life is Strange, every no matter what, no matter how many times you play through that game, you're going to end up at that lighthouse.
1: Well, that comes down to budget. It's really. Yeah. Well, I don't think Life is Strange would have had it that way if they had Detroit money, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Life is Strange managed to work with their own technical limitations to make it. to make the fact that your choices don't really matter a part of the theme. Yeah. Because I think, you know. That's why I kind of compared Life is Strange to Telltale games because they're both they both have the same ending every time, kind of just because they don't have enough money to make more than one or yeah. two.
0: Because I remember at the end of the second season, second season you play Clementon, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The end of the second season, you there's multiple endings, but you still end up in the same place. With season three, which you don't even play as Clementine, you play as some like Hispanic kid.
1: You put no, it's like a, it's not a Hispanic kid. He's like thirty, probably.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. No, he plays the Hispanic dude, in which Clementine is there, but
1: basically everything that happened in season two was irrelevant. To Clementine as she exists, then. Because
0: I remember, I, I remember watching the ending of season two, and like one of the endings is like, you go with Kenny to like that that like city that apparently safe haven, but they could only take you and the baby and not Ke- uh, not Kenny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's crazy! Like, no, it's gonna be so many different like starting points for the next season. And the next season, you play like Javier, I think his name is, and then Clementine's there, and no, like you know, you get to see what led her to that point. But no matter what, which person you chose, you still end up.
1: Your backstory is relatively the same. Yeah, because ultimately, in every every subsequent Telltale season, you have to pick up where you left off, mm-hmm. and they just straight up. Well, obviously, since they're kind of defunct now you just straight up don't have enough money to program a game where you have you would basically have to make like four different games depending on the choices you made yeah
0: you would have I, I think even like five yeah. were because like
1: you would have to because
0: it's like the girl I forgot her name Kenny and like going by yourself
1: yeah you have to multiply the budget and You know, I guess Life is Strange just plays it off better than Mm -hmm. Telltale games tend to do by integrating, you know...
0: That theme.
1: That theme. Because
0: then we also talked about... It
1: was also pretty smart that, you know... Well, one, they sidestepped it the first time by doing a prequel. So they don't need to make a game where Chloe died or it's Max and Chloe, you know. Yeah. And then they kind of made it an anthology from that point forward.
0: Where it's just people with powers. Yeah,
1: because they don't need to have a canon ending that way.
0: Because, I mean, you either do the so-called canon ending, which is you sacrifice Chloe, Mm -hmm. or you read the comics, (laughs) which is the ending where you sacrifice Arcadia Bay. Yeah. But we only have, like, four more minutes, so I just want to talk really quickly on how... With the so-called canon ending, it really plays into the fact that Chloe, Chloe's destiny is... She's supposed to die.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious throughout the game. Chloe... Every opportunity Chloe has to die, Chloe ends up dying. Yeah. Whether it's shooting herself with a bumper or getting... Getting
0: stuck in the train tracks. Or
1: getting shot by Jefferson.
0: Like, it seems that Chloe's fate is to die. And we talked about a second game that would be really interesting is just Max consistently trying to keep Chloe alive, which it has gone from a selfless thing to a selfish thing. Yeah. In which she is now risking the lives of others by trying to protect one person.
1: Because we, we already saw that throughout the first game a little bit where, you know, obviously saving Chloe leads to everybody in the town dying, but it would be interesting if in a sequel following them it really becomes a very unhealthy thing where you end up hurting a lot of people just to keep Chloe from fulfilling her destiny, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Which I think that would be really cool, but it also be really dark.
1: It would be like a Madoka Magica thing where it goes from being an altruistic thing to being very selfish and destructive.
0: Yeah, because it goes from Homer being like, oh, I want to just save... Monica because she's my friend. To
1: Monica will live because Monica is mine.
0: Yeah, I'm going to create this I'm going to undo her universe and create my own.
1: Yeah, it will become because it's kind of an evil decision to save Chloe. Because you're killing a lot of people.
0: Yeah, there's only a handful. Canonically, there's only a handful of people.
1: So I assume thousands died to do that. And in a sequel game where you're killing more people, or at least constantly preventing Chloe from dying, even if she maybe wants to.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Because Chloe's like, yeah, you should probably kill me. Doesn't seem worth it.
0: Because she's like, my mom doesn't deserve to die in a diner. Yeah. Which... I think Joyce does die. Well,
1: totally. She dies in a diner. Because remember, the diner just straight up explodes if you're not there. Yeah. And it's implied that you went to that mountaintop with Chloe. So nobody put sand on that thing. Ooh. Plus, even without that, the tornado probably shredded everyone. Yeah. Because they didn't hide in the whale. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So I'm going to say this. that was fun. This was fun. I'm going to do yeah. my goodbyes very quickly. Um, if you are interested, if you missed this episode, or if you want to listen to our other episodes, like with Cameron here, when we talked about Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, you can listen to Fandom Fair on Google Podcasts and Spotify, because I'm not doing South anymore, because I don't like doing it. And if you want to keep up with postings, probably Twitter's better. It's just Fandom Fair again. And if you want us to follow us on Instagram, it is fandomfare F-A-N-D-O-M, underscore F-A-R-E.
1: Wait. Shout out to John McTavish.
0: (laughs) We don't do shout outs here.
1: Well, I don't know if John McTavish is real. I'm kind of hoping that he's a serial killer or something.
0: All right. Uh, Brush your teeth, wash your sheets, take a shower, and... Uh, drink some water. Stay and hydrated.
1: Buy a bidet.
0: No. <laughs> buy a bidet. You should buy a bidet. We can't sponsor anything here.
1: No, it's only sponsoring if you have a specific brand of bidet.
0: Uh, you should buy a bidet, I guess. And on bidet is, uh. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.